got the knowledge on deck. Everything you need to know, it's on check. Say yes. Based in Georgia, and we hoping that you tune in. Learn together, we can do this. Welcome to the Cozy Bear Farms Podcast. I'm your host, Dejan Yerby, coming to you straight out of Athens, Georgia. Hope you guys had a good 4th of July. A lot of fireworks, a lot of stuff going on. But today, we're going to get straight into this episode, and we're going to be talking about weeding. So, a lot of people, if you have a garden, or you have a farm, or whatever you have, you're going to deal with weeds, and we're going to be doing weeding. So, a lot of people have asked me, hey, can you talk about weeding and different methods of weeding and all this other stuff? So first, let's back up and let's talk about what are weeds. So weeds are basically anything that's growing in your space that you don't want there. So say you're growing some kale, but then you see pigweed popping up in that space that you planted kale. So that pigweed is a weed and you want to remove that. Because a lot of people also say, Weeds are not that bad for your garden, but sometimes they are because if the weeds get too much, then they will swallow up the actual thing that you're trying to grow. So you don't want a lot of weeds in whatever area you're trying to grow into. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to get all the weeds, and I'm not going to say that you're going to just completely eradicate all the weeds in one area, but weeds are pretty important when it's coming to growing for production or if you're just growing at your own house too so but let's back up and talk about what the real definition of a weed is so the real real bona fide definition of a weed is basically anything that's growing in that area that you don't want growing there so a lot of people will think pigweed or crabgrass and nutsedge are like identified as weeds no it's whatever is in that area that you do not want being there at that time, that is a weed. So for example, if I'm growing cucumbers in a bed and then I start seeing tomato plants growing up, a lot of people think, oh, we have tomatoes here. Oh, that means that we're gonna have double crops. No, I did not want tomatoes there because I did not plant tomatoes there. I planted cucumbers there. So that tomato plant is a weed. And we'll talk about how seeds spread and all that other stuff in a later podcast. But for right now, I wanted cucumbers in that bed. But tomato plants are starting to pop up. So those tomato plants are weeds. And it goes for anything else. If you're growing cabbages and they should know you start seeing onions popping up in your cabbage bed. Well, those onions are weeds because you did not want that in that area that you was growing those cabbages. So now that we got that done, we're talking about what weeds are, let's go over and talk about weeding. So weeding is basically the process of removing all of the weeds from that one area that you planted in. So we're going to talk about the basic form or the basic practices of weeding. And we're going to do a couple of episodes talking about weeding, like what kind of tools to use, what kind of methods that I kind of use on my farm but today's episode we're just going to be talking about how to do basic weeding so when you're out there and you're trying to weed a lot of times a lot of us will go by and we'll just pick off the top of that weed and throw it in a bucket or a basket or whatever and take it to our compost now a lot of times when we're out there weeding we snap off the top of the head of that weed that's the mistake 
the big problem is that a lot of times when we do that, we're leaving the root in the ground. So think of it like this. If you guys ever was into Greek mythology, when Hercules had to go fight the Hydra, and every time when he cut off the Hydra's head, another head would pop up, or multiple heads would pop up, it's the same thing with that weed. If you snap off the top of the uh, head of the weed and not get the root, more weeds are going to come back and they're going to come back stronger. So when you're weeding, make sure when you're pulling out the weed that you get the whole entire plant out. And I mean the whole entire plant, like the roots and everything. Especially if you're dealing with pesky weeds like nutsedge, you want to make sure that you're getting in the ground and pulling that whole entire root out. Because nutsedge is very hard to get out too. So you want to make sure you get that whole thing out. And the same thing goes for any type of weed. So even if you're dealing with grass in your bed, you're going to want to dig up the whole entire grass plant. You want to get the whole thing out because we all know grass is the biggest weed of them all. So you want to make sure that you get that whole thing out. Now, again, with weeding, you're never going to get rid of the weeds. The weed seeds will fly all over the place. They will come back. But that's just a basic method of weeding. Just Get in there, grab the whole entire root, and pull the whole thing out. And that's the best way that you can weed and make sure that you can suppress back some of the weeds. Because they're going to come back, but you don't want to make the mistake of just snapping out the top of the head, and then two days later, that weed is right back. You want to pull that whole root out so that if a new weed seed comes in, it's going to be a while before you start seeing another weed. So hopefully that helps you guys with learning how to do basic practices of weeding and the basic method of making sure that you've taken that whole root out the ground and like i said the next couple of episodes we're going to dive deeper into different types of tools to use and we're going to dive deeper into the different methods that i use for weeding but i just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that's how you weed you pull that whole entire plant out and another side note too when you're taking your basket of weeds to your compost or wherever you're taking it from, make sure it's far away from wherever you're planting. Because just because you drop that um, weed into your compost or wherever you're putting it, those weed seeds from that can fly right back into your garden and you'll see those weeds all over again. So make sure you're taking it to a whole completely different spot than where you're actually growing. And if you're in a garden at your house or you're using raised beds, just toss them in the trash can and let the trash people take them. Okay, so now that we're done with that, we're going to move on over to the favorite segment of the show, the Ask Cozy segment of the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Recipe for Press. If your company wants to engage today's influencers and inspire them to write about you, then you need Recipe for Press. Athens-based communication advisor and author Amy Fleury helps entrepreneurs across the country demystify the process of pitching their story and creating a buzz. Her book, Recipe for Press, is the DIY PR guide to being your own publicist and it's truly empowered me and so many other local companies to get their customer base by sharing their stories. Listeners today get a 20% discount with the code 
cozy when they order Amy's book or any of her products in recipe for press store found on www.amyflurry.com. Again, that's a 20% discount with the code cozy when you order Amy's book or any of her products in recipe for press store found on www.amyflurry.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Heart Song Herbs. Heart Song Herbs is a farm and apothecary based in Athens, Georgia. They are proudly part of a growing movement of regenerative agriculture farming that prioritizes soil health to grow beyond organic. Founder Dana Nevins produces herbal tinctures and beauty care products with the vigor and potency of plants found as they grow in the wild right outside of her door. This high-quality herbal medicine is available in two-ounce formulas that aid in everything from immune support to anxiety relief. Find Heartsong Herbs at various Athens retailers or online at www.heartsongherbs.com. That is www.heartsongherbs.com. All right, so again, every Sunday, we will leave up a post on the Cozy Bear Market Garden Instagram where you guys can leave your questions for the show or you can DM me at Cozy Bear Market Garden to submit your questions in for the show. So we have two questions today and they, I want to say they're kind of weird, but they're fun questions. So first question, hold on, pop my phone, pop my hand. First question. Hey, Cozy. So, would you say that it would be good to plant potatoes in a small-scale farm, or should larger-scale farms do that? That's a good question. So, I planted potatoes on my farm one time, and I only have one-fourth of an acre. I would not deal with doing stuff like that. If you are growing for profit, you do not want to deal with stuff that takes a long time to grow and it takes up a lot of room and that space could be used for something that you could plant. It could grow really quick. You could harvest it really quick and then you can plant in that bed again. So potatoes, they take about three months to grow basically and it's a pain to harvest them. And that whole time that they're sitting in the ground, you could have been putting stuff like carrots or lettuce or spinach in that bed and getting multiple harvests out of it. And then once you have those potatoes, usually if you're on a small scale piece of land, you don't have a lot of potatoes. So sometimes it's not even worth growing the potatoes because you don't have enough room for the amount of potatoes that you would need to make a profit back. So for me, if, if, if I'm you guys, I would not grow potatoes in small scale uh in small scale areas or small scale farms if you're planning on doing this for profit now if you're just growing for yourself and you're just growing for your family do whatever you want to do i don't care but if you're growing for production and you're growing to make a profit and you're on and if you're a small scale farmer i would stay away from stuff like that i would put stuff in the ground that would uh do a quick turnaround so that is my advice for that. Next question. Hey, Cozy. I know this is kind of soon, but. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on today. Hey, Cozy. I know this is kind of early, but what kind of crops would you suggest that we grow for the winter? 
Okay. I know this person. And again, if you send in questions, please tell me where you're at so that I know what kind of climate you have. And this person, he lives in Georgia. So for the winter, Georgia has a very weird winter because we have less sunlight. We get a lot of rain and it's very cold. So our winters are terrible. So for me, I tell people this all the time. If you want to buy stuff for me in the winter, I'm probably only going to have four things. I'm probably only going to have broccoli, cabbage, carrots, and turnips. And the reason for that is if I plant my broccoli and cabbages in September, they will be fully mature by November. And that's when we start getting frost and it will get so cold and there's less sunlight. So they won't grow and bolt on me. They'll just stay the same so I can harvest them through the whole entire winter. Same thing with the carrots and turnips. If I plant the carrots in September and if I plant the turnips in September, yes, they grow quick in like 50. Some of them grow in 50 days. Some of them grow in 30 days, depending on what kind of turnips you get. Um, once November comes around and it starts getting super cold and we start getting those frosts, the carrots will actually freeze in the ground and they'll stop growing. And the turnips will actually freeze in the ground and they'll stop growing. So then you can harvest them throughout the whole entire winter. And the cool thing about that is if you're just doing four crops, if you're on a small, if you're a small scale farmer and you're just doing four crops, then you can uh, plant a ton of them and cover up a huge area so that you have plenty to uh, harvest through the whole entire winter. Then when the spring comes around, you just use the other space that was kind of, you know, just dormant for the winter. I'm not saying use your whole entire farm to grow those four things use half of the farm to grow those four things the other half put some salad tarps down let it just be dormant and then when the springtime comes you just start planting in that side but i plant four things for the winter they're four hardy crops they're four crops that everybody loves to have they're stuff that people want to eat during the winter because you can make a lot of stuff with them and they go with pretty much every single dish that people want to eat during the winter time. So that's what I would do. But a lot of people do a lot of different things. They'll grow spinach, they'll grow collards, they'll grow kale. They'll grow all these different types of stuff. But for me, I'm just doing those four because I look at how much sunlight we actually get. And it's not that much sunlight. So a lot of stuff is not going to grow as fast as it normally would throughout the whole entire year. Okay, let's do one more. Let's do one more question. What time is it? Let's do one more question. Let me look through my questions. Hey, Cozy. Oh, yeah, this is it. Hey, Cozy. I saw your pepper prices last weekend. Why do you price your peppers like that? That's a good question, too. So, for hot peppers, I learned a while back that most times people will say, Hey, it's only me. I only want, like two peppers can I just take these two peppers and then you're sitting there like well that's like 50 cents and if people just gave you 50 cents so you're not getting that much money back but then I also saw too if you do your peppers by the pound you're not going to get that much and I'm talking about hot peppers this person they're talking about hot peppers last weekend I had all my peppers if you go on my Instagram all my peppers were in pint containers and all I had were jalapeno cayennes and some small Italian sweet peppers. I didn't have any bells or poblanos or anything like that that were huge, but I'll talk about that in a later um, podcast episode. For But for this one, for that past weekend, 
all of my peppers were in pint containers and I was selling them $2 a pint. So like I was saying, people usually say, hey, it's only me, so I'm only going to take two. Or they'll say, hey, if I do about a pound, they're not going to get that many. So I filled up the pint container with like a handful of jalapeno peppers or cayenne peppers or Italian sweet peppers. And I'll sell them for two bucks. Because another thing too is if I sold those for three, people might say, hey, I'm not going to pay $3 for a bunch of hot peppers like that. But if I sold them for a dollar, I'm losing money. So I'm looking at it like, what's the middle ground? $2 is the middle ground. Because also you got to think too, a lot of these peppers are very high yielding. So you got to say too, hey, you're going to have a ton of peppers and you don't want to, um, undercut yourself out of a profit because you're being stubborn and saying, well, I'm going to sell this for $3. I'm going to sell this for $4 and these people are going to buy it. Nope. You need to look at what the people are going to buy. And for me, I learned that if you do that method of putting them in pine containers and selling them for $2, they go really quick. When I was at the market, a lot of people were just like, Hey, $2 for all those jalapenos. Yeah, I'll take them all. And I sold, 20 pints of jalapeno peppers. I sold about 40 pints of cayenne peppers, which is insane. I had a ton of cayenne peppers. This is insane. But I sold about 40 pints of those. And then the Italian sweet peppers, I sold about 15 pints of those. And I sold out of the jalapenos and I sold out of the Italian sweet peppers. And I still maybe had about 10 pints of cayenne peppers left because I had a ton of cayenne peppers. Cayenne peppers are super high yielding, so I have a ton of those. So that's why I was selling those for $2, and that's why I put them in pints. So hopefully that helped. But that's it. We're just going to do those three questions. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show, and we got a few housekeeping notes for you guys right now. So, again, you, you can always find me on Saturday at the Marigold Farmer's Market from 10 to 2. I will always be there. But... We now open the Cozy Bear Market Garden online farm stand. So if you go to CozyBearMarketGarden.com, you can go to the online farm stand. And if you are not able to find me at the farmer's market, if you live in the Athens area, let me make that clear to you. You live in the Athens, Georgia area. You can now order produce from me online and we will deliver it to you. You don't have to come find me. You don't have to come track me down. Just order your food, plug in your address, and I will drop it off at your doorstep, and you will have fresh produce right there. So, you guys go to the CozyBearMarketGarden.com website. Go to the online farm stand, and you can order produce from me on there between Sunday at 8 a.m. to Wednesday at 8 a.m. when the store closes. And we will deliver all of that produce on Thursday. And you can pick whatever kind of produce you want. It's not like a CSA thing. You can choose how much you want. Uh, you can, if you only want to buy one thing, you can buy one thing. If you want to buy multiple things, you can buy multiple things. It's your choice. It's whatever you want to do. It's not like a CSA model. It's whatever you want to do. It is an online farm stand and I will deliver it to your front door. But that's only for the people of Athens, Georgia at this time because we're not going to travel all over the place. Second thing. So 
Um, when I was at the farmer's market, a lot of people said they do want to send in uh, questions for me to answer, but a lot of them don't really do social media. So I thought too, hey, it is kind of unfair to have you guys try to submit questions on social media. So now if you go to CozyBearMarketGarden.com and go to the podcast section of the website, at the bottom of the page, there is a Google form for you to submit your questions for the show. So you don't have to wait for that post on Sunday. You can now just go to the website and submit your questions whenever you want to. You don't have to wait for that Sunday post. So again, that's CozyBearMarketGarden.com. Go to the podcast section of the website. It will say podcast on the, on the tab and go to the bottom of the page and you can submit your questions there. You don't have to wait for me to post on Sunday. And if you're really not social media savvy, you don't have to go on social media to ask me any type of question. You can now go to the website. And lastly, since people do send in a lot of questions and a lot of the questions are really, really complex and they're probably going to take me a little bit longer to answer. We are now going to do this thing where the Ask Cozy segment will now be its own show. So if I get a really good question and it is a question where it's going to take me a little bit longer to answer, I will do a separate podcast episode for that and I will answer the question as fast as possible. I will edit the show. I will upload it and you will be able to listen and you will be able to listen to it to the next day. If that makes sense. So. Say somebody sends me in a question on Sunday, I think it's a really good question, I'll record it on Sunday and answer the question, and I will edit it, and then on Monday, the episode will come out. Or say somebody sent in something on Tuesday, you will get another Ask Cozy episode on Wednesday, and so on and so on. So those Ask Cozy question episodes will come out sporadic. I don't know when they're going to come out, and I don't know when I'm going to get these crazy questions. But you guys are really sending in really complex questions, and I love it. But it is going to take a little bit longer for me to do um, than me quickly answering them on the show every week. So if you guys have any questions, you can still just DM me on Instagram or on Facebook. Or you can wait for the Sunday post. But now you have the option of just going to the website Go to the podcast section of the website and at the bottom fill in, well, write your question in the Google form and I will get it. And if it's a super complex question, we will answer it on the show. We already got a couple of them and I'm going to try to answer as many as of them as I'm going to try to answer as many of them as possible this week because you guys, again, love it. You guys are sending in really, really good questions, but they're just, they're going to take me a little bit longer to answer than the 20 minutes I try to do this podcast episode. So again, go to CozyBearMarketGarden.com to order vegetables if you're in the Athens area, or if you want to submit your questions, go to the podcast section of the website and submit your questions at the bottom of it. But again, we're still going to do the Ask Cozy segment on the main show on Tuesday, but those are just going to be for questions that are really quick that it'll just take me like a minute to answer. But complex questions are going to be sporadic as Cozy episodes throughout the whole entire week so hopefully that makes sense you guys will see what i'm talking about so but thank you guys again for listening to the show um follow me on all social media accounts at cozy bear market garden come find me on saturday 
and we can hang out and eat chicken buns from the Sri Lankan people. You know what I'm talking about if you live in Winterville and you came out to the market. But other than that, Cozy's out.